You're about to listen to an episode of Childhood Remastered. Check out our website at childhoodremastered.com for information on how to subscribe and where to find us on social media. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Childhood Remaster. This is the podcast where we look back on the cartoons and movies and TV shows of our youth and see if they're still worth a damn. Or not. Or not, which is far too often the case. I'm Sean. And I'm Chris. And today we're going to be continuing our look at the Nicktoons cartoons from the 1990s. And continuing on that trend, we're going to be doing... Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy. It is the Ren and Stimpy show. Yeah, but everyone knows that it's Ren and Stimpy. I just call it Ren and Stimpy. I put it in the notes as Ren and Stimpy. Uh, I, um, what do you remember about this show? Uh, Before I... we watched it, what did you remember about this show? So I remembered it being kind of gross. Uh, lots of extreme, I guess, extreme uh, expressions and like, I also remember... That this was a show that I only watched at my grandmother's house because she was the only one that had cable. And did you think it's a good thing my parents wouldn't let me watch this anyways? Yes. <laughs> um, it was definitely a show that I could only watch when no one knew I was watching it. Because if someone came into the room and watched it for any amount of time, they would say, turn this goddamn shit off. That was actually very, that's very similar to my experience and memory. Yeah, my mom, my mom had, a, I, I want to say it was from this, but it might have been The Simpsons. But my mom, my mom used to say the same thing whenever she encountered like something that was just bad to watch. She, she'd say, Sean, this show is asinine. And that was like what her mom said to her when she watched Get Smart. She, my grandmother was like, Marge, this show is asinine. You shouldn't be watching it. So she said the same thing to me whenever I was watching like Ren and Stimpy or Married with Children or something that I probably, you know, something that like 11-year-old Sean probably shouldn't have been watching. Well, in 91, we would have been eight. So eight-year-old Sean eight probably shouldn't Sean have. definitely shouldn't have been watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. not. Uh, yeah, my memories of this were uh, very similar. Uh, I remember the show very first came out. Uh, as we discussed in prior episodes... This is part of the, the Nicktoons block that originally aired in 91. So it was Doug, Rugrats, and then Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. And my memory was we watched a couple episodes of Ren and Stimpy. And then all of a sudden we weren't allowed to watch it anymore. Because <laughs> your parents like watched it with you maybe? And well, they no, like, they, you know. No. They watched, I think, the first couple episodes, which aren't too bad. Yeah. And no. then it's, it changes like about halfway through the first season somewhere. And then my parents just said, no, no. And from then on, I wasn't allowed to watch it unless I was at my grandparents' house who had like no limits on what we could watch. Like, oh, you're five and want to watch Terminator? Go for it. Yeah, l um, luckily for me, someone wasn't always watching when I uh, flipped the TV on. So I sometimes got to watch shows that I shouldn't. I mean, not like I was watching porno at 11, but like I was watching like... No, just the scrambled stuff on the cable access. Right? Oh, yeah, on the yeah. Spice Channel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, no, that, that nobody got yeah. yeah is that a boob like i think so yeah but no it, it was stuff like i said like ren and stimpy like beavis and butthead like oh well D beavis and butthead for me for sure was part of that i was 
explicitly told not allowed to watch Beavis and Butthead. Uh, but Ren and Stimpy, I think it was more like a common understanding that it was just not allowed. Yeah, uh, but, but I I did like the show. I thought it was funny because yes. because it was yeah. it was super exaggerated, as gross as it was, and as sort of vulgar as it was. Uh, as a as a young kid, it was funny to watch because the the expressions and the actions and everything that was going on all with like Ren and hyper Stimpy, exaggerated. Yeah, oh, super hyper exaggerated, yeah. just like like these these shock takes where you know eyes get huge and the mouth drops open and like crazy stuff like that. And as a as a kid, I'm like, this is funny. Like, he's this is being really silly. Yeah, I, I mine. I think my memories my memories of the show were very similar. Uh, really quickly, what are we drinking today? Well, I'm watching my weight, and I plan on drinking a lot of beer later today, later tonight. As do I. So we're um, so we're both uh, drinking hard liquor, which probably isn't the best thing to do. Well, it's liquor before <laughs> beer, right? You're in the clear, so yeah, just like red. So I'm doing tequila. You're doing bourbon, right? Yeah. Johnny so, Walker for me, and. Uh, Herodora tequila for me. Yeah. So, so we've got we raided my bar cart and we're uh, we're watching our girlish figure before we go and drown and blow it, it all yeah. in beer and, and pizza. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this show, was, um, yeah, go ahead, go I, ahead. I was gonna say this show was created by uh, John Chris Chris Falusi, uh, and who everybody just calls John K. Yeah, because yeah. his last name is I don't know actually where he's from. But my guess would be some kind of Eastern Bloc country, like yeah. like heritage yeah. wise, because Chris Falusi, K R I C F A L U S I, everyone just calls him John K. And in, in credits in his shows, in Ren and Stimpy and other shows that he's done, he's just John K. Because it's that's that's just the easier way to do it. John K. He's a actually he's a pretty interesting guy. I um, earlier today I was watching an interview that he did. Uh, I don't know how long ago, but. He was talking about how Ren and Stimpy came about and why why he wanted to do the show. And he was he he basically started copying uh, like old Hanna Barbera cartoons from a young age. He's he's largely self taught. He I think he went to like one year of art school. He did, and uh, he did actually work for Hanna Barbera. So he started his career actually on the Super Friends and the Tom and Jerry comedy show. And so from uh, the late 70s, 79 through the mid-80s, he worked uh, at Filmation and then Hanna-Barbera and then Deke Entertainment on a bunch of different stuff. So uh, that actually fits right in with that. It, kind of like what he said his influence was. Yeah, because his, his major influences are people like uh, Bob Clampett, like Tex Avery, like um, uh, Fritz Freeling, and all the Hanna-Barbera like, directors and, and animators. Uh, those... Those guys, and you can tell when you look at his art style compared to, you know, 50s and 60s Hanna-Barbera, it's it's not the same, but it's there's you can definitely tell where the influence comes oh, from. Oh, yeah. Well, some of the shows he worked on, and, and I looked everywhere for this, I spent way too much time trying to find the <laughs> answer, and I couldn't, he claimed to be, quote, the worst animation of all time. And now I really want to know what he was talking about. What was it um, called? He didn't... Wait, what? What was the show called? No, that's what I'm saying. I oh, can't. He I, won't say what he it is. wouldn't say. And I looked everywhere on the internet for it, and I couldn't find any information saying what show he thought was quote the worst animation of all time. Because I would really like to know. Yeah. Um, you know, because like I'm into some of that weird stuff. Well, one of the um, things that I thought was interesting in this interview that I w that I watched is he was talking about how like sort of the evolution of animation and how. Uh, at the time when he was trying to put together Ren and Stimpy and sort of sell it, uh, 
as a show, uh, he was talking about how cartoons and animation in the late in 80s. Yeah, late, yeah, mid to late 80s. And we've covered stuff from that era. So. And, and he makes arguments that, that we've made in the past, where if you wanted to make a cartoon, the cartoons were largely driven by toy lines or existing properties. Right. It was all about toyeticism. If you don't know, toyetic is a marketing term, the internal marketing term that they use to describe uh, something that is created to sell a toy, whether that's a comic or a cartoon show or a movie or a something, when the focus isn't on the art. But on the product. Yeah. So right? so he was he was working on and in an industry where everything that came out animation wise was either tied to a product or tied to an existing property. And there wasn't really any sort of auteur stuff where someone would create something new. And I think he described it as artist driven cartoons, artist driven driven animation. Yeah. So he said that, you know, in, in the beginning, Nickelodeon took a big risk with him because he had a completely original property. Well, and to be fair, Nickelodeon took a big risk with all three of their original lineup. Yeah. So, I mean, all three of them, Doug, Rugrats, and Ren and Stimpy, completely original, completely based off of stories that these creators had come up with on their own who couldn't, they couldn't sell them anywhere else. I mean, I'm thinking that, you know, whether you like these shows or not, and we're going to discuss our opinions of them, you know, as we go along here, we talked about Doug and Rugrats the last couple weeks here. Um, I feel like those networks that turned him down probably shot themselves in the foot so hard afterwards. Uh, yeah, and you know they didn't realize what they did. And the success of Ren and Stimpy, because it was a successful show, paved the way for a lot of other shows to do that same, you know, independent artist created property to to move on. Like uh, yeah, like SpongeBob, like. Uh, Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the legacy, right? So, yeah. you know, they, they've they got this immediate, you know, couple of shows that were sort of like clones, right? Um, like uh, Two Stupid Dogs. That yeah. was a direct clone I remember, by Hanna-Barbera. I remember that. That was on, that was on Cartoon Network. And uh, John Kay and a bunch of the staff actually had a hand in. And then also they did the Schnookums and Meat uh, Funny Cartoon Show. That was also them. I seem um, to recall that one. but And Mike Judge specifically said that Beavis and Butthead was um, in some ways influenced by this show. Mostly in the sense that MTV was willing to commission Beavis and Butthead because of the success of Ren and Stimpy on a children's network. Yeah, basically so, Ren and Stimpy was able to pave the way for an, sort of an adult-oriented cartoon that was also on a kid's network so that other shows could do the same thing. And, yes. And there's other shows in later Nicktoons lineups that sort of did the same thing, where it's 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 ostensibly an adult-oriented TV show, or at least there's adult material in it, subtle or, or, right. or uh, overt, and it's playing on and directed kind of to kids. Well, I think, did you say it earlier, but, but SpongeBob is yeah. the most likely thing to come to mind when we're talking about this um they do the the cuts to a stopped uh frozen image of hyper realism that's yeah. sometimes hyper grotesque uh they do all kinds of these um there's weird 1950s uh visual homages to like uh you know uh tiki bars and um you know mid-century modern and a lot of this there's uh, a lot of there's a lot of late weird... 1950s early 60s rocket kind of space sci-fi stuff i mean all yeah. this stuff all inspired by 
this show. Yeah. And this show broke, it kind of broke the mold and it, it brought back a bunch of things like, you know, credits at the beginning of each episode. Right? Yeah, that was, that um, was very much a, uh, that was very much a Hanna-Barbera uh, Warner Brothers type thing where you'd have you'd have the storyboard by directed by voices by right. and then like produced by this. well think about most of the shows we've talked about in the last you know However almost long. year now almost every show we've talked about that's come out of the 80s and 90s for instance um, there's no credits in the beginning credits are all at the end yeah th- it's it's a very old school way of doing it it's just like in movies Old movies, that's how you'd have the entire cast and crew at the beginning. Right. And then you'd have, at the end of the movie, the trailers. Because that's why they were called trailers. Because the previews for for new movies coming out came after the movie, not That before. didn't even change until, like, the late 70s. Yeah. Really. You know? And, and then some of the other things was color palette swatches that they started doing. So they started changing to these, like, really deeper, richer color palettes that, that they hadn't been doing in quite a long time. If you think about a lot of the color palettes and... and visual decision making involved with how to color a background and even the characters the the colors were almost more washed out think of like the way that jason the wheel warriors looked yeah and centurions looked it was the colors were washed out yeah the the bolder colors of like uh disney and Hanna barbera hadn't been popular in in at least a decade by the time this show came about and this is also around the time if you think doug yeah they have all these uh brightly colored characters but the color palettes they're still washed out. Yeah, and Rugrats you, is not. If you but look, they're at the, their uh, own style. If you look at the, if, if you look at just animation, like, like just take a cell of animation, like a like a full one from the show. What they tend to do to make the characters pop a lot of times is the background is washed out a little bit. Like the, the background is less detailed, but the characters are super detailed and sometimes hyper detailed. Like, like you'll have just sort of almost like a minimalist background. Yeah, sometimes and then just like stark colors and stark animation in the foreground that really takes you because the background isn't important it's the foreground that's important and it also it like that type of animation serves to make the foreground pop a little far harder yeah no and exactly uh and and the thing is is some of these are things that you don't really think about because they become so mainstream now Mm -hmm. right but they're so um they're, they have nobody to thank, really, but Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Because they'd gone away. They were gone. So uh, I, I just wanted to mention that, um, you know, John K. created Spumco. Spumco is this, like, animation house production company mm-hmm. that was created for this show. And then the part of why I wanted to mention it was because, well, th- throughout these episodes, they'll have these products yeah. <laughs> um, like like fake commercials and stuff we'll kind of discuss in a few minutes where some of them are by a fake company named Blamo, but they also do some by Spumco, which is the production company. It's kind of an homage to them. He created it, and the sh- it was the, the company that did the animation for this show for the first couple of seasons until a big kerfuffle, and then it was then switched Spum- to game animation yeah. in Nickelodeon. Spumco was fired. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, this show went on for fifty-two episodes, uh, and and there was quite a bit of controversy throughout those fifty-two episodes. Yeah, there was uh, many episodes were cut completely, or, or heavily edited, or heavily edited after the first airing, or sometimes even before the initial pilot. There's two versions of it. There's there's the initial pilot that was shown to executives, 
And then there's the edited version that made it to Nickelodeon yeah, later. I watched, I watched the uh, unedited one. That's what I chose to watch too yeah. because, well, that was part of my pick. So yeah. um, we picked episodes today. We, we each picked uh, our own episode and we'll talk about that later. And of course, we watched the first three episodes as kind of we always do. So I, I wanted to just mention, um, let, let's talk really quickly, very quickly about the voice cast because it's really only two people. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got uh, you've got John Kay who voices Ren for most of it, and he really has doesn't do anything, and uh, except for this character. Yeah. So I mean, besides being the head of Spumco and creating the characters, yeah, and some <laughs> other characters and other shows that he created. Yeah, yeah. but um, he he vo- he based that voice off of Peter Lorre, and he he in an interview I watched, he said that he really liked Peter Lorre. He thought he was a great actor. The, well, that's just, what uh, Bill Billy West uh, inspired it on, right? No, actually, John Kay said that, uh, like... He, oh, that's right, because he, Billy West inspired his voice by uh, Burl Ives and Kirk Douglas. Yeah, so yeah. so Billy West, or so John Kay's rendition of Ren is, he's essentially Peter Laurie, but sort of a little crazier. Like, yeah, no, that's a, a good way to think about it. And then, of course, as, as we mentioned, Billy West, who we've discussed several times now. Yeah, Billy um, West uh, played Stimpy. And he played a number of other. He he did like the announcers for a lot of the the fake TV shows and commercials that were within Ren and Stimpy. And uh, for Stimpy, he he I guess he had tried a bunch of different voices, and he was just going through all these different voices because at this point he, he had, did Larry Fine, who's uh, Larry the Three Stooges. Yeah, that's basically Stimpy. Yeah, but he had uh, John Kay said that he had gone through a bunch of different voices with with Billy, trying to find out the right voice for Billy because to try and find it because he said that up until this point, this was in this interview I watched. Up until this point, if you had a dumb cat, and it was funny because it just it just plays to how politically incorrect uh, John Kay is. When he was talking about it, he's like, you got this retarded cat. And blah, blah, blah. And he just kept throwing out, like, you know, every retarded animal in every in every cartoon for the past 50 years has had the same voice. All right. And he's like, I didn't want that for Stimpy. I wanted something else. And I knew that if I went with anyone besides Billy, that that's how they would do it. So he said that he went through a bunch of different voices with him. And then he remembered a voice that he had done in uh, something else that was... It was the, uh, the the Beanie and Cecil show, which was essentially like he said, like it was a uh, Larry Fine from the Three Stooges. Yeah, yeah. And, and and if you listen to it, he said it's just like a hyped up Larry Fine. Just he's a very animated Larry Fine, and I can't do Larry Fine's voice, so I, I can't I can't do it either. But it is kind of kind of cool that he based it off of one of the Three Stooges, you know? Yeah. Um, I I think maybe let's. Do you want to maybe talk about some of the reviews or? Yeah, let's talk about some of the reviews, I think. Uh, I don't want to go into too far detail, but um, I, for the most part, everybody liked this show. Yeah, it was it was one of those shows, I feel like, where you had a group that loved it because it was funny and it was new and original. And then you had the other group that, that hated it. You know, you're, you're, sort of, uh, you're sort of moral majority that hated it because it was... It was vulgar. It was grotesque. It was... I feel like it was one of those sexual things, sometimes. I feel like they hated it because... Either they felt they were better than uh, that all cartoons should be simple derpy derpy for kids. Now, all cartoons should be Mickey Mouse or Yogi Bear. Right. It's that idea of cartoons are only for kids. Yeah. Uh, which I think this podcast proves is otherwise. Yeah. Um, they actually say yeah. that. They actually say that in one of the episodes where where Ren Stimpy's watching cartoons. He's like, "What are you doing? Yeah. Cartoons will rot your brain." 
Yeah, and uh, at that time, I think Ren sort of breaks the fourth wall and he looks at the camera when he does it. <laughs> I don't remember if he um, did or not. <laughs> uh, a bunch of people, though, obviously would like this show. Um, like, say, Matt Groening of The Simpsons. So he he loved, actually, this show. The former CEO of Klasky Supo said that uh, John K. tapped into an audience that was a lot hipper than anybody thought. And he went where no man wanted to go before. Quote the caca booger humor. It is, um, and it absolutely. I mean, there's a there's a re- recurring gag where Stimpy goes and gets his magic nose goblins, which are essentially boogers that he had smeared underneath a table, and he brings the table and flips it over, and he's like, "I picked them myself." Oh, those were his um, his magic nose goblins. Yeah, magic nose goblins. Uh, th- this, not surprisingly, the show quickly developed a cult following in, among college campuses. Oh yeah, because uh, duh, pot. It's it's. Uh, a, it's <laughs> I, I want to say it's along the same vein as other cartoons that have that same following, like Invader Zim and uh, I guess Rocco's Modern Sort Life of similar humor. Yeah, maybe some too. Butthead. Yeah. Well, and, and this show got three times the viewership of the other Nickelodeon cartoons. Well, it expanded the intended audience to teenagers and adults. So if, I could see why that's the case. It's During its first season, it was the most popular cable show in the United States. Yeah. And... You know, you would think, hey, we got a good thing. It's it's obviously doing well. Why don't we not fuck with it? Never underestimate the stupidity of studio execs. See Firefly. See uh, Buffy. See... What else has been... No, not Buffy. What else has been canceled? Do you say Firefly? Yeah, I said Firefly. Yeah, okay. Well, I was, uh, I was oh, trying not to uh, think about it. Futurama got canceled. Family Guy, Family Guy got yeah. canceled. And, like, there's there's a there's a long history, and Fox has been part of a lot of that, uh, that they've people have canceled shows. Well, in this case, during the second season, during the second season, there was uh, an episode, a uh, eight-minute cartoon, and it's one of the ones that I picked, that Nickelodeon said no. And they just decided, forget it, we're banning it, and, and that's it. And what happened was, is so they they did this, and there was a big throw-up between them, between Nickelodeon and John Kay. Yeah, John Kay, in case you don't know anything about him, he is very control-oriented over his stuff. Uh, in the interview that I watched, it was one of his production people in Spumco, and essentially, uh, he had the final say on everything that went on the air at Spunco. So mm-hmm. he said, you know, the, the guy that was being interviewed, he said, you could think that you have the greatest, funniest idea for something to be in Ren and Stimpy. And you show it to John and John will just say, ah, I don't know. It's not really speaking to me. It doesn't, it doesn't really grab me. So we're, we're not going to do it. And it's just like, oh, I'm completely deflated now. Thanks, John. Yeah. Well, it got to the point during that develop during the development of the show that, John Kay would only communicate with Nickelodeon through his lawyer. Mm, just like uh, just like uh, divorced parents communicating through their kids. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Tell your father that... Yeah, so that's basically what happened. Tell your father that that he and his whore girlfriend can cough up more... I don't know, I just... Well, tell your mother, maybe she lost a little weight, I'd give her more money. Uh, <laughs> tell her that I'll give her the exact amount corresponds to her how much weight she loses oh jesus christ (laughs) and i'll add a zero that is basically the relationship that john k had with nickelodeon at the end an abusive Um, ex-husband yeah basically 
Uh, several of the series staff and news outlet uh, outlets were uh, talking about how there was some, I guess, tension related to the show's not being released on time and his sort of lax treatment of deadlines. Yeah, he. But but when you when you actually talk to him or when you like listen to interviews or read up on it a little further. What happened was, is there was an episode in the second season, cartoon show, that Nickelodeon just said, no, it's not happening. It it was, there's too much, um... Was that the one you picked? Yeah, it was the one it I It was picked. violence. Violence, too much violence. Yeah, it was like too much violence. And it was inappropriate for the show that they were trying to push. Yeah. And... The corporate, the corporate culture that they were trying to show through Nickelodeon. Yeah. And, and he actually cites that episode as the prime reason... For Nickelodeon, then firing him. I could see how I could see how if you produce a cartoon because it's no small feat to produce a cartoon, and your larger production company Nickelodeon, like you have yours that you're producing the cartoon, but then your larger uh, your larger company Nickelodeon will come through and say no to that, no, no, take that out, redo that scene, no, that's too violent, no, that's too gross. I could I could see how that would mess with your deadlines. Yeah, I, there's especially the, if they were can't like if they were putting the Knicks on whole episodes, saying absolutely not, you're not going to show that one. Like that puts you a whole episode behind. Yeah, well, if you draw a whole thing and they're like, nope, or they say no, edit this down by fifty percent, but they need to be a certain amount of time. Now you have to go back in and redo. And how we've talked before about how long was it on Black Cauldron? If you're going to go now, granted the animation time for Black Cauldron is going to be very different than this, but still, you're talking. You know, how many animators in an animation house well, animating is, a show having to go back and reanimate yeah, entire and, frames for an episode because they didn't like something and wanted it redone and or this is whatever. A this was a traditionally animated, like, paper and pencil animated show. It wasn't CGI. It wasn't computer. It wasn't any of that. It was a traditional cartoon. So, yeah. so going back, it's, it's the most time-intensive form of entertainment if you're gonna if you're gonna yeah. do it so well he was out by the third season so by the end of the second season he was fired they let him go which yeah. is why billy west ended up picking up ren's uh voice and games animation ended up picking up the animation for spumco because nickelodeon fired spumco also they yeah. basically i mean obviously it was a toxic relationship <laughs> it sucks you know to, sucks to be a spumco employee and know that your boss just like got the entire studio fired <laughs> yeah like i had nothing to do with this now i'm out of a job well, and I mean, it's not like it cost them nothing to produce the show either. Uh, John Kay estimated the show uh, that Sp that during the time that Spumco did it, during those first three seasons, Ren and Stimpy cost the show about $6 million to make. Is that per episode or per... No, total. Oh. The, the total production cost for six for six seasons. Oh. Uh, sorry, not six seasons, uh, uh, three seasons. That's not that bad, I don't think. No, I mean, it's about, you know, $2 million a season. But see, these are like cheapy animated things where you would think that they would be making... And and I will say, and I noticed this re-watching it, they use a lot of animation tricks to reuse footage. They do, yeah. Like, they, they, there's... They there probably these... ran into cost due to those hyper-realistic shots, I would think. Yeah, because there, there are things that happen fairly regularly fairly regularly in each episode like the ending of each episode where it's Ren and Stimpy saying goodbye and they essentially use that same animation over and over and they just change the words they change the voiceover hey boys Stimpy we sure had fun today kid so long kids come on Stimpy say goodbye uh, where are we going the show's over see you next time 
Next time, when's that? Pretty soon, don't worry. Pretty soon? How long is that? In a little while, man. <laughs> a little while? What will we do till then? <laughs> and that's when he comes up with something like, you could do this or you could do that. And then yeah. cries and then he says, well, you can do this. And then that's like the added animation that they threw in. But all that animation up until that point was all the same all It's like the a time. lot of reused stuff, yeah. Yeah, and I and I still watched, I watched, uh, in the episodes that I watched for the show, there were repeat, like they have commercials for fake products. They have fake commercials for fake products, either yeah, by like Glenn. Log or Muddy Mud Skipper yeah. or Powder Toastman or And those, those commercials are reused. It's not like there's a new commercial in every episode. Well, but, sometimes they're reused. Sometimes they do like, they'll use a small section of it and then they'll build on it and make a new thing. But that's what I mean. Where it's, yeah. it's like an animation save because they're able to use animation that they've already done and then just add on to it. They don't have to create yeah. an entire new like 30 or 45 second segment. They only have to add on the additional 15 seconds or something. True. Yeah. I mean, then it's just like a small cut and paste job. And, and the other thing too, is, since we're talking about these like little commercials for like fake products uh, and the cost of the show, you would think then that, uh, that the focus would be on some sort of toyetic process, right? But this show actually had no initial merchandising at all. Zero. Because of the fact that no no toy company really planned ahead to merchandise this show. They thought it wasn't going to go anywhere. And Nickelodeon, uh, if you think back, there wasn't really a lot of toys for Doug or Rugrats either. Have you seen that terrifying Tommy doll? Oh, I, yes, I have. It's like two feet tall. It's just horrible. But that didn't come out until later, though. No, I know. You know? So there was this, like, uh, focus by Nickelodeon to not be over-exploitative in their toy production process. So Ren and Simbi didn't really have stuff in the first season or so. And and it wasn't until later that they got, got merchandising. But I always thought as a kid it'd be cool if they actually made toys for, like, Muddy Mud Skipper and um, made like the action log and yeah the action log and the all. log for girls and log yeah. surgeon and whatever else they made. <laughs> no, that's a Civil War reenactment. Surgeon. Oh, yeah, that's right. What it is? <laughs> Civil War log it had, a, it had a boot on its twig and he okay. saw, <laughs> sawed off the twig. That was actually my favorite. I actually I made notes about that one. That's my favorite one. And I because I remembered that as a kid and I thought it was. I have a uncle who does Civil Civil War reenactment. Uh, I thought you were going to say I have an uncle that's no. a Civil War veteran. I have a I have an uncle who does Civil War reenactment in the South, and uh, he's got to be the coolest guy at family Thanksgiving. The coolest. And so not to get into that, but uh, so as a kid, I was like sort of aware of the Civil War and stuff, maybe more than I should have been. And I I I uh, remember seeing that as a kid and thinking. That's funny. <laughs> As a kid, I thought that was funny. Yeah. Uh, Most kids, though, they're not going to be getting that joke. I think there's a lot of jokes in this kids are not going to get. Yeah. So uh, let's maybe talk about these episodes. We'll just briefly go through them one at a time. Yeah. And we don't have to get deep into the weeds because it's, you know, yeah. so, it's 15 minutes long an episode or something. Yeah. So, so for the most, sometimes not even that long. For the first episode, oh, it, it opens up with a log commercial, Sean. Yeah. Yes, log. All kids love log. What rolls downstairs, a bone or an hair, rolls over your neighbor's dog. What's great for a snack, and fits on your back, it's long, long, long. It's long, long, it's big, it's heavy, it's wood. It's long, long, it's better than fat, it's good. Everyone wants a log, you're gonna love it long. Come on and get your log. Everyone needs a log. Log from Blamo. Now, I was going to say that for the most part, 
most of the actual like quote episodes of Ren and Stimpy are actually two parters. Is you know like a episode two A and two B. Yeah. There, there's an occasional episode where the the episode takes up both halves and it's a 22 minute long episode. Like it's the one very I picked. Few. Yeah, the one you picked is one of the only ones. Yeah, and the and so. It, it's mostly just a short, like a Hanna-Barbera cartoon, like a short oh, 10 to 11 minute long cartoon. Yeah, they, basically. They're, they're like little vignettes, sort of. Yeah. This first one's called Stimpy's Big Day, and the second one's called The Big Shot. And the reason why I list them together is because it's almost like a two-parter. Uh, yeah. In the first one, Stimpy wins some sort of a prize. Um, gritty Kitty. Yeah, it's uh, a, Gritty wrote... Kitty is this cat letter he likes, yeah. and he wins a competition and what my the thing that I really liked is that there is this so Stimpy wins a contest and Ren comes he answers the door and these people are like are you Stimpy he's like no he's in there and I'm like oh because Stimpy just won uh forty seven forty seven million dollars like forty seven million dollars and then he does this like whole interaction where he um so I am Stimpy yes I am the cat here let's listen to it I wrote that poem. Use your stinky old litter. Look how I love it. And I genuinely laughed when uh, Ren starts, like, kind of slowly, aggravatingly starts chewing on cat litter yeah. to try and prove that he's stimpy. Yeah. That's all crunchy and mealy, and they do a really good job with the sound effects. Yeah. They animate his mouth to be all craggly and, and dry. You can see cracks around his... I mean, they go through a lot of effort to animate stuff that's so weird. Yeah. Um, that would be one of the gross parts. And so part of the competition is that stimpy gets a job... Uh, like advertising Gritty Kitty, yeah. and and did you catch during the um during the commercial the the Anna, the announcer uh, who's describing the product with with Stimpy in it? Mm -hmm. um, he goes, "There's a new face in Hollywood today. It's fresh. It's redundant. Let's give him a warm welcome because his whole career depends on this next important message." <laughs> I thought that was really funny because uh, like. No kid is going to pick up, like, the fresh and redundant thing because it's, yeah. you know, like, that's a joke for me, not for them. Yeah. Uh, and then um, the, the the Muddy Mud Skipper cereal uh, that's that so good. Like, cause it, it, the show feels like there's a story, but, like, there's not. Yeah, that's the thing is that each episode, there, there might be something that carries on like this one does from one half of an episode to the next half of an episode. But for the most part, each... Each like ten to eleven minute long episode is its own thing. It's completely episodic. Yeah, no connection to other characters. There could be something like tragic that happens in one episode, and then in the next episode, in the same like episode, the next half of the of the episode, it could be something completely different, something happy or yeah. You know, one episode can take place in space, and the other one can take place in the old west, like. Well, kind of in the same way that uh, Rugrats and Doug worked, right? They were split in half. Yeah. Uh, the stories, I feel, are much... I mean, maybe maybe, maybe like Rugrats a little bit, but I feel like it's a lot more loosely connected stuff. Or, like, well... The plot is... The plot is like... Is like this small little... This small little node that they just build ridiculousness off of. 
There was this, well, and to speak to that ridiculousness, they have these like weird homages to like cultural stuff in the 50s and 60s. Um, if you like old movies that you'll totally pick up on. Do you, so during that time period, it was really popular when they were showing like a really buff guy, very rarely with his shirt off, because that almost never happened in the mm-hmm. 50s. But when it happened, um, like say a John Wayne fo- uh, video, or uh, go look up like John Wayne with his shirt off. It was always like really high-waisted pants and his stomach is tucked in and his chest's all puffed out. Yeah. But he's clearly like not in the kind of shape to be like... he He's whiskey tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whiskey tough. Perfect. There's a scene where Stimpy does that and he jumps into the pool and he's he's whiskey tough. And, <laughs> um, and it's this totally uh, 1950s pool scene. Um, and I thought it was a fucking brilliant. Um, that's where he swims around like cat litter. Yeah. Yeah. And then it cuts to a scene right afterwards where there's a Yogi Bear spoof with Stimpy and Muddy Mudskipper. Apparently he has his own show with Muddy Mudskipper. Yeah. Uh, It went from being the Muddy Mudskipper show to the Stimpy and Muddy Mudskipper show. Yeah. And did you, the, the music in the show, I have to mention, um, at first it seems completely forgettable. If you start paying attention to it. It is so smart. It's all just classical music, but it's stuff that it sometimes just feels oddly frantic. Um, like there's this dramatic music that plays. Yes, what is it? Are you Stimson J. Cat? Oh, you want Stim? Uh, he's in there. Well, would you tell him he's won $47 million? Right, uh, 47 million. I'll get him. And I love this music. And like, and you can hear it. It, it. it happens almost every time there's something kind of dramatic or somebody's angry or something. Uh, it plays, actually, I think in almost every episode. Uh, at least in most of them. Uh, and I, guess, always, I guess I didn't pay attention. I guess I didn't pay attention to Like, that. one of the song, one of the, the episodes later is um, the music that you hear in Fantasia with the Mountain King. Oh. Yeah. And that's, that song is used quite a bit, too, whenever, a, like, Ren is, like, in the middle of losing his utter shit. Yeah, which happens um, a lot. Yeah, and you hear this. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. And then Ren will just start screaming or tearing something apart. Or, and he just, because Ren is, Ren is beyond manic. Um, oh, absolutely. And Stimpy is beyond stupid. And so if you have somebody who gets agitated at stupid and who's, emotions change at the drop of a hat who's then accompanied by somebody who could not be dumber yeah uh it's just a recipe for ren essentially to just be irritated with stupid stimpy all the time yeah uh you know what's funny is uh in in the interview that i watched with john k he said that one of the questions that that came up a lot and probably still comes up a lot is whether ren and stimpy are a gay couple he says people ask him that all the time. He says mostly coming from gay couples asking is Ren and Stimpy probably the same way that people ask about like Bert and Ernie off of the Muppets. There's a scene, and I think you and I watched it last week on, on the computer. Yeah. Uh, before we before we went our several ways to go and work on the show, uh, there, the scene with the Christmas log and like Ren is like full on sawing the law on Stimpy's butt, and the saws connected to Ren's like. Uh, he's wearing it like, like a belt like a belt it it's just a, looks it's like a strap on it's, it's a strap on sock it looks like he's pegging stimpy yeah uh, and it's really really um it goes on for way too long yeah so so he says that he gets this question a lot he said actually mostly from gay couples because he said that they tell him and this is this is you know his perspective on it he says that they, that the couples tell him that ren and stimpy go through a lot of the same sort of like emotional things that they go through 
as a couple. Huh. Where, you know, one of them might be frustrated with the other one. One of them is more caring. Like, Stimpy is more caring and dotes on Ren. And Ren is more, like, aggressive. And, right. And okay. wants things done his way. And so you got an easygoing and a tough guy. Yeah, and okay. and he said that uh, he said that that's the reason that he gets a lot of questions about it because they seem, I guess, to the gay community at the time, they seemed like gay characters. They seemed like they were a gay couple. So what did he say? He said they're not gay. They have no sexuality. They are cartoon characters. Probably it's exactly what they, the people from Sesame Street said that Bert and Ernie are not gay. They are Muppets. They have hands. <laughs> Yeah. in their bodies like, like they're <laughs> like, not they, like that's not something that i don't think they ever thought about yeah and if john k's the creator and he's the one that it, that imbues them with life and he never thought about that he's just sort of creating these two characters and the way they interact like i could see him being like what what you know that's not something that came in but but things get adopted and taken to taken well and i guess i could kind of see i mean i can see what they're saying in that you know the char- so the two character I mean the two male characters I mean they're supposed yeah. to be male characters they're both males yeah yeah and, and Stimpy tends to take on feminine roles well and what I was going to say is is had they been animated as a masculine and a feminine character uh, I could understand uh, straight couples seeing them that way or they're uh, animated as two female characters I-, I feel like it's just it's easy to project onto oh, yeah, them yeah, yeah, absolutely. you know like you can. You could, if if you're willing to ignore the gender aspect of the characters, you could um, project like all kinds of relationship nonsense onto this uh, this couple. But it's not necessarily dating relationships; it's just any relationship, you and another human being. It's possible to have this. Like you have friends that you might get frustrated with. I mean, everybody's got that one friend who's really stupid, and yeah. you wonder well, why am I friends with this guy? But you love him anyways, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, to be fair, though, I don't have any dumb friends. To be fair, though, <laughs> maybe it, I'm it, the dumb friend. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Maybe if you don't, if you don't, John's not a guest. No. Yeah. If, if you uh, if you don't have any dumb friends, you are the dumb friend. That's me. That's me. God damn it. No, but I, I I will say that given the time period of 1991, 92, 93, I could see why. I mean, even even now. It, the gay community doesn't have a ton of like media. The LGBT community does not have a, a, a ton of like people characters in the media that they can identify with and relate to. So I, unless I, they're like, like tropey characters like, of themselves, yeah, super, like Jack super, from Will and Grace. Yeah. Or something. Super overt yeah. Uh, caricatures, but I could see, I could see wanting to adopt the, and I understand like, at, at first, it bothered me a little bit, like, with the Burton or anything. It's like, okay, come on, they're Muppets. Like, I get it. They live together. They're freaking Muppets. They're, but I can understand. The more you think about it, the more it makes sense, though. Well, not I mean, not in that context. I, I can understand why a group would want to. Their roommates and share a room. They don't share a bed, though. Uh, that means nothing. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I promise you it means nothing. I think, uh, I think Bert's more... Uh, Bert's more uh, they do the whole, well, we have two separate beds so that when the family comes over, they can say that they're they not a They can separate couple. the beds? Yeah. <laughs> and then they push them together? I, I, I know people that, they, that, that that's how it works. I think, so. I think Bert is more interested in pigeons than he is in whatever's going on in Ernie's pants. Well, what, I wonder, what, what's the term for that? Like a uh, sexual desire for, for birds? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like uh, avia... Aviophiliac? Aviophiliac? 
<laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, like, okay, let's continue, right? Yeah. So we got, um, the, the next two episodes are Robin Hoek and Nurse Stimpy, and I actually remember these. Yeah, Robin Hoek is just a retelling of, of a Robin A very Hoek. loose telling. Yeah. Ren because, essentially has a weird dream. Yeah, because Stimpy wants a bedtime story, and Ren's like, read it yourself! And he can't read, so he just sort of makes shit up. Well, before they fall asleep, uh, they're both praying, and Stimpy prays for all this nice stuff, right? And, and please then, give me a million dollars. Yeah. And then I was going to say, and then Ren prays for $1 million and a fridge with a padlock. Oh, and large pectoral muscles. And large pectoral muscles. <laughs> and then they go to sleep and then he wakes up and it's like a weird, crazy telling of Robin Hood. My favorite part of this is um, where, uh, well, there's two parts. There's a part where uh, Ren... Talks about robbing from the rich. To, uh, no, it's Stimpy, I think. He, he talks about robbing from the rich to give to the cheerleaders. And, and he then goes, he goes, no, wait, no, 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 to the criminally insane. No, no, no. Uh, to <laughs> the like, poor. To the poor. Oh, oh, yes, yes, exactly. Uh, and then also the, the sheriff. Who's the, the sheriff of Dodge City? <laughs> the sheriff of Dodge City. He's like this three foot tall, like um, like stumpy little, um, like little person um, with a giant ten gallon hat with a, a baby face. Yeah, and this giant like creepy smile, uh, and that's and that's that's the sheriff. And, and like, what happens in the episode is like not really in, nothing in, really happens important. No, well, there is something that I that I remembered as a kid. Did the um. Well, there's two things. The The first one was the moat with the vicious man-eating monks yeah. swimming around in it. And then Stimpy and um, and Ren have a recreation of Rapunzel, where Stimpy oh, lets a- down his, his hair to let Robin up. But, he, you know, hair is plural and singular, yeah. right? So he lets down a single long nose hair that Ren climbs up. Yeah, um, and then he gets sucked into his nose. Yes, and, by, by the way, do, do, the beginning when he was saying that he wanted huge pectoral muscles, do you remember the episode where Stimpy sacrifices his butt to give Ren big pectoral muscles? Oh, yeah. They do like a butt transplant. so they can Yeah, it's like weird <laughs> implants and they look like boobs. Yeah, but he has these huge pectoral muscles now and Stimpy is all sad because he doesn't have a butt anymore. His butt's gone, yeah. yeah. No, I, no, I totally remember Stimpy. that. Stimpy. The next episode, the the nurse Stimpy, I remember, I have memories of as a kid, but watching it, I didn't really have a whole lot to say about it. That in the in the sense that um, a lot of the the jokes in this episode are about the hyper realism. Uh, yeah. It's a lot of visual stuff because Sti- um, Ren is sti- Ren is sick and Stimpy's taking care of him. Yes, yes, and it goes on for literally months. Oh, the other thing to mention is this is the episode where we. Learn about the nose goblins. Oh yeah, you know, and, what? and also we get a powdered toast man commercial in this, which is fucking amazing. I love powdered toast man. So in this episode too, there's a really there's a really kind of disturbing scene where Ren or where Stimpy is trying to give Ren a sponge bath, and he's like, "Come on, take off your fur. Do I have to do it?" And he he like he goes to like, no, he goes, I'll, yeah. I'll and, do it. No, and, and Ren is like reduced to tears, like leave me alone. I can do it! Now, Ren, are you going to take off your fur, or do I have to? <laughs> back up, man! Just you, back up. <laughs> I can do it. 
<laughs> and then he like unzips his head and he takes his fur off. But just that whole scene, it was just so rapey. He's like, leave me alone, man. There's a lot of those in the show, actually. And that, I mean, again, no kid's going to pick up on it. But if you're an adult, it's very easy to breathe rapey into it. Oh, yeah. The next one is called Space Madness slash The Boy Who Cried Rat. And right at the beginning of the episode, we get Happy Happy Joy Joy. Uh, just the statement, not the song. The song happens later in the show. Yeah. But that's like that's our first time, and, and I was like, yes, this is this is the moment when it happens. Uh, the two of them like to watch this TV sci-fi show uh, that happens in the year four hundred billion, and I thought that was one of the smartest things about this episode, actually, because uh, this whole episode is sort of an homage to the Lost in Space, yeah. uh, early sixties, late fifties. You know what it is? What, too? what I was talking about earlier, the whole. Um, the whole space motif that was popular as a result of the Cold War space race. Yeah, you know what it, you know what it is too is is I felt like it was more of a of a send up of Duck Dodgers in the twenty fourth and a half century or whatever it is twenty sixth and a half century. It was an old Hanna Barbera thing with with uh, not Hanna Barbera. Sorry. That happened at the same time though. That was all during that time. The that that no no no. That's the new. You're thinking of the new Duck Dodgers. I'm talking about the old Duck Dodgers. From like the 60s. Oh. With uh, him and... But that's what I'm saying though. Yeah, that, so that's what I'm saying. So it's yeah. from the 60s. So there's that there's that 1950s, 1960s sci-fi motif that was very popular uh, as a result of the U.S.'s Cold War space race that we had. 24th and a half century. It's 1953 cartoon short. Yeah, okay. But that's during the that's during the space race, yeah. right? During the the nuclear the nuclear age, right? Yeah. Which that's when cars started getting their big tail fins, yeah. And you Which, started getting these big rounded windows and bubble buildings and all this like weird shit, yeah. At Disneyland's Tomorrowland, the way it was originally designed, I think well, about it that way. Nineteen fifty five, right? So that's the same thing as the duck Do- the duck dodger thing, right? <laughs> Did you ever watch uh, Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law? Yes, I love that show. So there was a... You mentioned it on an earlier podcast, I think. Well, there was a there was an episode where he represents um, the Jetsons. And he he says... They, they're doing their introductions and George Jetson says something like, No, we're from the future! The far-off year of 2002! And then Birdman looks at his calendar and it's 2004. And he's just like, huh? because <laughs> like, all those all those cartoons all those space cartoons and shows from the like 50s and 60s they felt like they 50 all, years in the future really yeah. need to be driving nuclear cars yeah they all, they all take place shit. in the year like 1997 or I mean wasn't wasn't uh, what was that movie wasn't uh, Escape from New York wasn't that like 1999 or something or 1997 yeah it's supposed to take place in the 90s yeah no Escape from LA um, well, New York came first. Yeah, I know. But I think Escape from L.A. was supposed to be, like, in the early 2000s or something. And, like, Running Man was, I want to say, in, like, the 1990s. Or yes, like it was supposed to be. Yeah. Like, oh, the future. Like, uh, like Demolition Man. Um, yeah, a bunch of those. The same thing. Uh, it's all, like, this... Like, in the future! But we didn't look far enough in the head. We should have <laughs> said it was, like, 4,000 years from now. Or, like, in... Uh, like, in... Um, on The Man Show. Did you ever watch The Man Show? They just do, oh, yeah, yeah. they would do a segment yeah. called In the Year Two Thousand. No, wait, that in was Conan. That was Conan did that. Never mind. In the Year Two Thousand. Yeah, yeah, it was Conan. Conan did that. Sorry. Yeah, and then he would always say In the Year Two Thousand, and then he'd like read something that was like totally ridiculous. That, yeah, yeah. Um, the um, speaking of the Year Two Thousand, that's a perfect segue into my notes here. There is this perfect homage to uh, Space Odyssey's Two Thousand and One, a Space Odyssey. 
or uh, Stanley Kubrick's uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey. Um, I'm trying to think. What so, is it? so it's where they're in their ship, um, and the ship in the earlier in the episode, and it like hits their like sub light speed, and it starts going really fast, and the colors get all psychedelic and crazy and weird oh, shit starts yeah, happening, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they like kind of lose their mind, and like the whole yeah. screen goes black, and then. Yeah, so that was like a super homage to that. And the whole de- decor of the ship is what I was talking about. That like weird mid-century modern slash yeah. like pseudo sci-fi thing. So this is a good example. This is where um, the Mountain King music plays. Is in this episode. And it happens. Um, and Ren loses his damn mind. Yeah, he gets space madness. Oh, my beloved ice cream bar. How I love to lick your creamy center. And you're oh so nutty chocolate covering. I laughed really hard to this part. I couldn't I I I was like belly laughing. I thought it was really funny. He's like chomping on his soap, talking about like an ice cream bar. He's full on hallucinating, his water's floating in midair. I like the shit's just getting real weird. I like the line that he says where he says, uh, They think I'm crazy, but I know better. It is not I who am crazy. It is I who am mad. <laughs> it's like, that. what? <laughs> well, like, that's the whole thing. Is like, he's lost his damn life. He's <laughs> lost his completely damn mind. Uh, and the whole time, uh, uh, this is one of the things, like the subtle things that, that like in John Kay's animation is in that whole scene where where Ren is floating because he turns off the gravity to make him relax. Stimpy's like operating the computer. Yeah, like blah, 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 blah. But no, Stimpy's operating the computer and every time Ren says something crazy, you see Stimpy's face and he's like, huh? <laughs> he like he like makes this sort of concerned, worried face. Well, in the, in the beginning, he does it. Like, he's just kind of like, huh, okay. Yeah, but the and then it happens, the... he gets crazier. He's just like, huh? Wait, no, that didn't sound right. He's yeah. talking to his ice cream. Yeah. Where did he get ice cream? That's soap. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it. that episode does kind of descend into madness. Oh, that that was uh, the episode where where he makes Stimpy guard this button that could destroy all of history. Don't touch it, you fool! That's the history eraser button! And then he hits it, and then the episode ends. Um, like, they full-on disappear, and the ep- they show the title, the, like the title, the title screen, but it's just um, blank. There's yeah. no face, and there's no title on yeah, it. Yeah, Ren and Stimpy, like, disappear out of the title it's screen. It's completely gone. And they have, actually, an announcer at the end of it, which is funny. It's like a Batman announcer. Like I was going to say, he reminds me like, of the old-school announcer. Yeah. Like, Will Cadet Stimpy resist the urge to press the button? And it goes on for way too long, yeah, too. Yeah, and he, like, in, in the... <laughs> In the time where he's doing the announcing, he's like smacking his ass on Stimpy's head to like get him closer to the. Yeah, button. he appears out of screen. He breaks the, the fourth yeah. wall. He's talking to the audience. Can he resist the urge to press the button? And then Stimpy, no, I can't. And he hits it. Well, the episode ends with sugared frosted milk. Mmm, smell oh. those lumps. Oh God, it's essentially <laughs> curdled milk. <laughs> it's gross. Huh. And then the kid's like, oh, who ate all my lumps? And then she like sticks her tongue out. It's got all this fucking oh, cottage cheese on her tongue. God, it's so it's yeah. I love man, it's stuff like that that I really enjoy so about the show. Where the, the, the show, like, there's so much Let, well let's talk about our episode well, picks real quick. I was just gonna say the next one, the boy who cried rat, it opens with a yodeling, which is so indicative of like that weird irreverence of the show. You know? Yeah, it's like it's like Tex Avery would have that shit in his cartoons. That, but see, I like that episode because, like, essentially the whole episode is a grift. Yeah, they're, you know? doing, they're doing like a Tom and Jerry thing. 
Yeah, they do a Tom and Jerry thing. Uh, By the way, did you notice? Uh, did you notice Ren's outfit? Because Ren pretends to be yeah, a mouse. Yeah, he, he dresses up sort of like Mickey Mouse. He dresses up exactly like Mickey Mouse. He has black ears and he has the red pants with the gold buttons. Yes. And <laughs> and it so in this episode, like they 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 basically are grifting this family to try and get free food. Free food and free money. And in the process, they think that uh, Stippy's a cat and Ren is a, is a, is a mouse. And the, then they make Ren... Uh, they make Stimpy eat Ren, and it's this really long, hyper-realistic, like, too well-drawn sa- scene. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to go into the whole episode, but um, I do want to talk about what happens at the end of the episode. Do you remember what happens at the end of this episode? It's my favorite special of all of them. Oh, no, not the special. No. So I... the little special that they play at the end is Yak Shaving Day. Mmm! I remember. I this remember this was one. my favorite skit as a kid. I loved Yak Shaving Day. I thought it was the funniest Shaving thing in the world. Shaving scum. He got my letter. Hey, kids. There's only five more days till Yak Shaving Day. I can hardly wait. So start decorating your house with disposable diapers. And remember to stuff Dad's rubber boots with coleslaw. And shit, I mean, shit gets really weird when they start talking about, like, how, uh, like, what they need to do to make the yak come. Um, And then (laughs) there's this, like, if he's been a good little boy, like, the yak will, like, shave his face and leave his shavings uh, in the sink. Yeah. And that's the whole skit. Like, it means nothing. It goes nowhere. gross. Stimpy grabs it all and puts it in his pocket. So my episodes, or your episodes, which one? You want to do yours first? Yeah, we'll do mine, because yours are like the special band episodes. Yeah. So uh, the episode, actually, I, only one episode. I picked one one of the only, uh, like, dual episodes. I like this episode. I thought so, it was funny. So this episode is called Sven Hoek, and it, it basically is, uh, Ren is pissed off that Stimpy is so stupid. He feels like he's... An intellectual and Stimpy doesn't ever stimulate him. So he's invited his cousin to come over and... Who's from the same stock. Yeah, from the same stock. So he's oh, this is be... the, this is also the episode with the um, with the log. The one that we were talking about. The yeah. Civil War log. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Sven shows up and he's, he's, uh, Nor- or he's Dutch, I guess. That's what I think he is. And he's got the accent like this. And and he essentially looks like a dog version of Stimpy. He looks oh, exactly yeah. no, like no, no. Stimpy. He and is. he is an idiot like Stimpy. He's actually dumber than Stimpy. So just like Stimpy has his magic nose goblins, Sven brought uh, a jar of his spit that he's been saving since childhood. And then also he has a giant ball of band-aids he's been saving ever since uh, like he started using band-aids. I've saved every Band-Aid I've ever used. Here, this one's from 1962. Joy. Oops. And I, th- I think that there's, it's just so weird. It's like they so have these fucking odd interactions. Um, and they have this like secret royal order of stupid handshake and yeah. on all this like just weird stuff. And and the thing that made me remember this episode is this is the episode that has don't whiz on the electric fence. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's why you picked it. That's it is what why you I texted picked it. Yeah. yeah. So the episode uh, in the episodes, uh, Ren goes to work and then Sven and Stimpy stay home and they're entertaining themselves and they're playing board games and they go through all this like list of board games that are just sort of weird versions of games like hmm. Let's see. There's Scribble, and Gamey, and Monotony, and Pure Cheesy, Misery Date. 
these are boring games. I don't know. They have a weird version of Monopoly and a weird it's version called of Monotony. Monotony. And, and, yeah. Yeah. So they, they're like, oh, my favorite game. Don't whiz on the electric fence. See, and I didn't remember this at all. And I and I I was like, don't whiz on the electric fence. Yeah. What the and they, fuck? They, are they, you the game about? has a little jingle as it's and so they plug in the thing and they're playing the game and then uh, Ren comes home and he sees that they've absolutely destroyed the house. They've they've destroyed his records. They've destroyed everything. I offer records covered in bubble gum. Yeah! My collection of rare incurable diseases. Violated! No! My dinosaur dropping! Painted like Easter eggs! Ah! You idiots! And so obviously Ren is just insanely livid. And he goes to this actually pretty terrifying description of what he's going to do to them because he's like I, I put this shit got real dark real quick yeah because he's he's he is fuming mad he's screaming at them and then and then he starts talking like he gets this quiet angry yeah oh that's the scary when your dad is quiet angry it's when your dad's yelling at you okay that's not that bad but when your dad does this thing where he goes you and i are gonna have a little talk when we get home that's when you're like oh fuck what am I do? I'm dead. Oh, I'm God. dead. Yeah. Please. We're going to like leave notes so that they can find your body. So he starts doing that, but he's like laughing as he's doing. He's like, oh, what I'm going to do to you. I'm so angry. First, I'm going to tear your lips out. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. And then I'm gonna gouge your eyes out. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna do. And it's like, and then I'm gonna laugh. And then <laughs> I'm gonna laugh. But first. But there's a bunch of stuff going yeah, in there in the middle. Like, but first. First. I gotta take a whiz. And then he like walks over and he sees the game. He's like, what the hell is this thing? And they're like, oh, that's our favorite game ever. He's like, favorite game, huh? Well, how do you like this? And then he pees on it. He like unzips his fur and he pees on it. And it blows up the house and they wind up in hell. And he goes, let me, and then the devil's there. He goes, let me guess. You whizzed on the electric fence. <laughs> and that's when the episode ends. <laughs> the, the, this whole episode is actually a really funny one. Because, I mean, it's longer, so you have a lot of stuff to cover. But there's, like, the, at the end, there's more Muddy Mud Skipper. And, like, you get a crazy commercial at the beginning with Log. And then a crazy commercial at the end with the Muddy Mud Skipper. Uh, one of the things that we missed about the commercial at the beginning that I thought was brilliant um, with Log was because uh, it's log but with like all these attachments for log like action log and stuff it has like Where, a green beard, a it mossy beard yeah it looks like a like a beard um my favorite though uh because i forgot about this it it was a civil war one but my second most favorite as an adult maybe i think it's funnier is kids you can be just like your dad with the armchair quarterback playset. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like log sitting in a chair like yelling at a tv <laughs> and i was like 
shit just got real, man. Yeah. That was awesome. Uh, that's also where they have uh, the the commercial at the end is also the one where um, it's like a gritty kitty commercial, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's they, they'll but, reuse gritty kit gritty kitty, and they'll reuse muddy mud skipper, and they'll reuse the log commercials a lot to sort of fill time. I feel like that's how that that's how they padded out the episodes when the episode was only nine minutes long. The Gritty Kitty commercial was for a prize, by the way. Did you know that Gritty Kitty now comes with a prize inside? That's right. In every bag, there's a neat prize waiting for you. Collect them all. There's the Shaven Yak Litter Box Caddy. A bologna sandwich. A live crab. A junior barbell set. Real dynamite. A fake toe. A real toe. And then and then the episode ends like a variety show in front of a curtain. That's where they do like the okay kids, we'll see you next time. It's like I don't want to go next time. Yeah. So what about your episodes? My episode was Big House Blues and Man's Best Friend. Now did you want both of these episodes or you just Oh no, you did, you did. I did. So Originally, Big Blue ha- or Big House Blues was the pilot, and then it got edited and put on Nick later. Man's Best Friend is the one that for sure got canceled or canceled and censored and never allowed on TV. In 2003, Ren and Stimpy got re-aired as part of the adventure cartoon show with Ren and Stimpy on Spike TV, uh, and I think it got aired on picked up on some other like channels as well it only got about what six episodes i think six or eight episodes and this was part of it actually was was this the uh man's best friend the unaired one and so was big house blues so when it got re-aired in 2003 the two of them got put together the unedited big house blues and man's best friend put together in one episode which actually i think is a really good way to watch them because big house blues is about a dog catcher who catches them Mm mm-hmm and then uh, they get rescued by a little girl who I didn't even look up, but sh- I'm 99.999% sure it's uh, Tress McNeil. Probably. There's not a whole lot really to talk about other than they get, they end up at a dog shelter. And, and that's where most of the opening animation comes from. Yeah, the theme the theme song animation. Looks yeah. like it's probably 99% of the theme song animation comes from that episode. Yeah, it's it, so they get captured and they end up in a kill shelter and this dog goes off with a big sleep and then they realize... That means they're going to be murdered, and so they have this like freak we gotta out. Get out of here. The big sleep. The big sleep. Yeah, and then and then they get adopted by a little girl. Yeah, because um, Stimpy barfs on Ren and makes him look like a poodle. Yes. Now the second episode. This is the super controversial, controversial. Yeah. Episode. Man's best friend. So this is our introduction to George Licker, American, <laughs> <laughs> who I don't remember at all. But I'm so glad that I picked this episode. George Licker is this short, little, militaristic, um, he, like, man in his mid-50s. He's, like, very obviously meant to be, like, a World War II vet or yeah, something. He, you know what he is? Um, he's, like, he's like a tiny version of George C. Scott. He's like a tiny Patton. Yeah. No, he is. He is. In fact, I think his voice is sort of meant to be. Yeah. And and so he adopts them from a, a pound or something, No, he right? adopts them from, like, a, a, like a mall pet store. Okay, that's what it is. But he adopts them. Don't he tap takes, on the glass. He's like... Boom, 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 boom. He bangs on him with the fist. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Duh! oh, God. Yeah. And so he takes him home and there's this, uh, he's got a pet fish that he tosses out the front door and the fish like crawls its way to the car, throws on a fedora, pops a cigarette in his mouth and drives off. So and I'm out of here. Steal George Lickers' car. Uh, and then he 
liquor makes the, the two animals sleep in a fishbowl. He puts them on this like weird militaristic training regimen uh, with like pooping on paper. Uh, he insanely tells them not to get on the couch uh, and, and then, then tells, tells them, them to. to get on the couch so that he can discipline them for getting on the couch. He is fucking insane. And this episode is awesome. Yeah. The, the scene the scene that caused it to be banned was the one where he was essentially training them to be attack animals. And he, he gets like the big giant like pillow pillow suit and he's standing there and he wants them to attack him. And Stimpy doesn't want to because at this up until this point, Stimpy's been the good animal and has pooped when when it, when he was supposed to and hopped up on the couch so he could be disciplined and get off the couch. And he's been doing everything that he wants, that, right. that, that George Licker wants. But then he doesn't want to attack George Licker. But Ren gladly obliges Oh, Ren him. is like, okay. Oh, you want me to attack you, eh? Yeah. So at first he tries to do something, it doesn't work. So he goes and finds like this giant wooden oar. Uh, and he beats the living shit out of George Licker. And the animation while this happens is fucking hilarious. Because Ren has lost his damn mind. Yeah. He just goes to town on him. I mean, and it's one of those things where they do like the hyper realistic stuff. Yeah. He gets smacked in the face and his head twirls around. Like a screw coming out of some wood. Yeah, and as his head's twirling around, like teeth are flying out of his mouth. And this episode is, that end is pretty hyper violent, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Ren spends about. And Ren the verbal good... abuse between Licker and the characters in the beginning. I So I can see. Sort sort of how Nickelodeon freaked out. Yeah, Ren spends a good minute to a minute and a half just beating the shit out of the guy. Yeah, yeah, which is like the best part of the episode. Yeah. And then and then by the end, George Licker gets out of his pillow suit and he's like crawling over, and you can see that he's enraged and he's all red. And Ren is freaking out because he thinks he's gonna get killed or something. And then yeah. he grabs him and he's like, "That's my boy! Yeah, good job." He's insane. Yeah. We 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 were looking this up earlier. Apparently. Uh, John Kay did another series about jo- <laughs> about George Licker. There was a it was a flash animation. It was the first t- uh, show produced for the internet, and it is it's also pretty. It opens <laughs> up with like like uh, the sun shining and then poop rising up uh, out of the ground. They look like giant poop dildos, like yeah. crawling around on the. It's it's called it's called the goddamn George Licker program. You can find it on YouTube. We'll put a link of it. In our uh, description, it's it's pretty weird. The animation's not as good because it's choppy. It's like it's, it's flat, flash animation. It's flash animation, like from the like late nineties. So I mean, it's like it is what it is. But George Licker is is he's an, just nuts. He's absolutely nuts. I think what, we, I think we can safely say that this is not a show that you should show kids. Well, I was I sort of I feel torn about that. So I. For this episode, I did not have my kid watch any of these episodes. Mostly off of... <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> mostly off of my memory of the show um, being something I wasn't allowed to watch because it was gross and whatever. As I watched it, as I watched it, I can't really think of any of the episodes short from... Short from maybe... Well, not short, maybe. Uh, short from assuredly the episode that I picked. Yeah. That I would be troubled by my kid watching. In the sense that it's not... It's not super vulgar. Um, my, my issue with the episodes with my kid watching it is that I feel like 
the way that the kid the the characters verbally abuse each other is not the way that I want my kid to think is okay to speak to other kids. Yeah, because Ren, and, Ren and kids are to, sponges; they pick up everything. Ren tends to verbally abuse everyone. Yeah, he'll I mean, he'll abuse. Uh, he says Stimpy. dumb and stupid and idiot and all these things that are derogatory. Yeah, and, sick little monkey. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, and Stimpy does stupid things that you probably wouldn't want your kid emulating. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. Uh, the thing is, is uh, I think for a kid my kid's age, like three years old, not appropriate. Not even remotely. Maybe if like kid, an eight to ten year old. Eight maybe. to ten year old, the age that we were when this came out, I actually don't think it's that bad. Yeah, no, I would say that like anything... Especially in today's time. Kids yeah. will watch it. We have Spongebob now and they do stuff like this on Spongebob. Yeah, I would say probably anything, maybe kindergarten and below, probably no. But Yeah, first grade plus. First grade plus. Yeah. What would that be? Like age seven plus? Yeah, yeah. Seven, Six, eight seven, plus. Yeah, seven, yeah. eight plus. But overall, I mean, the show for me is just, it, it's good. Be, it's still funny. Like, to me, it's still funny. It's not dated material. It's just sort of universal. Just like in the way that Hanna-Barbera and Warner Brothers cartoons were not really dated material unless they used, like, impressions of of celebrities at the time like warner brothers tended to do red and simpy did a lot of timeless stuff though yeah it's just it's it's and I think part of that 1950s motif they were intentional that, and about that's too. what i mean that's what i mean is that the the warner brothers and the hanna barbera stuff is is essentially timeless if you just ignore some of those those reference what references that they made yeah but the, yeah. the regular cartoons are timeless because they just rely on good writing and slapstick and being funny yeah and, and it's yeah. nothing it's nothing topical or timely and that's what, I mean, you could, and the animation, like, John Kay does amazing animation. Amazing animation. You can watch the show now. Yeah. In in a good quality rendition of the show, good quality rendering of the show. And we did. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's a good looking show. Still, what, 26 years later? Oh, my God. Right? Oh, God. Oh, I was at the grocery store today, and my total came to 1998. And the cashier was like, huh. I was wondering why it sounded funny when I said that. And then I remembered that that's my birth year. And oh, I said, God. I said, oh, okay. Okay, goodbye. There you go, <laughs> there you go sweetie. That means she's 21? Oh. 20. No, not she, even, could, she could be either 20 or 21. She's potentially not even old enough to drink, Sean. Yeah, I know. That's she, sad. But she's a, uh, she's a cashier at Mother's Market. Oh, okay. Well, that's good for her. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, really, 98? This again, 91, Sean. I know. That's when no. my brother was born. Ugh. You know, okay. I. So you recommend the show. I recommend the show. I, I think for, well, the way that I recommend the show is, uh, this is, so I know I've said before about binging. I think this is a totally acceptable show to binge. Oh, yeah, because, it's well, one, it's only 11 minutes long per episode for the most part. Yes. And every episode is different, so you won't get, like, you won't get tired of the formula. It's also so crazy and weird and irreverent of its weirdness that that you can, you can put it on and just have it as background. If you don't, if you don't have kids or kids are older, just throw it on and, like, do whatever. In fact, what I was thinking about um, earlier is if you wanted to have a, quote, 90s party, which I hate 90s parties. Can I just say? Because everybody shows up in neon and nobody dresses like how they actually dressed. You want to know how to actually dress for 90s? Go watch an episode of the Power Rangers. Like, that's probably more accurate. I don't... I, I still think that the 90s... For the early 90s had the worst fashion of any decade. It did. Yeah. It's just awful. It's a lot of, it's a lot of acid wash and a lot of overalls. 
and a lot of... You didn't love those Blossom, uh, no. Blossom hats? Well, and then in the late 90s, you got like the, uh, that sort of like everybody wanted, thought that they were uh, in the Matrix, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone thought they were in the Matrix. That was but... the, that was the uh, what was that in high school? The trench coat Mafia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, well, had, we had a couple of those in my high school. Yeah, we had a couple too. Well, one of ours drove a DeLorean. Uh, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> those are $70,000 cars. So. Oh, my um, God. What, what I would say is, if you wanted to, say, have a 90s party and, like, make people actually show up and do a good job with their costumes, um, throw Ren and Stimpy on your TV. Yeah. And have it play, like, have it play in the background, put sub- put subtitles on for it so that people can read it and you don't, you can play music or whatever. I wonder but have it play in the background because that, you would probably get most of the group would say, fuck this party, I'm going to watch Ren and Stimpy. I wonder if the subtitles would be phonetic. They'd have to be, because Steam, I was going to say Stimpy. Just like S T E E E E E E E M P, yeah, M P Y, yeah, Stimpy. It have to be, yeah. yeah. Well, I I I think at the end of this, I would definitely recommend the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I I think my rose colored glasses were not destroyed by this. If no, I, this is a show that holds up twenty five years later. If anything, later. actually, I feel like I appreciate the show more as an adult. Yeah, I, w- I wish I could have been an adult watching it when I came when it came out. Oh my been, god! Can you imagine being like, is this is this shit really on TV right now? <laughs> like, is this? Are you? It's like, do they just make a Civil War joke? Yeah, <laughs> or just any of the other shit? Like, it's like, you know, like did he just beat that man to death? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. There's there's just so much stuff like the, the horse pee. The horse pee scene from the episode where Stimpy is the spokesperson for Gritty Kitty, where he has a horse go and pee into the two oh, kitty yeah, little things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so he's like, he's like, well, Mr. Horse has probably done his business, so are you done in there? And he comes out with the two things. He goes, give a smell to number A. And he smells it. He's like, whoo, oh, ooh, no, sir, don't like it. And then he smells the Gritty Kitty. And he's like, I can't smell a thing. So it's like a, like a pee joke. It's a pee joke, but it's also like a product test. Like, uh, like it harkens back to the weird kind of commercials where they'd have people taste things and go, which one do you like? Oh, I like this one. Of course they did, because that was the one they told them to like in the first place. But Try like, this try this jam spread. Well, this one's pretty good. Well, now try this one. Well, this one's delicious. You just ate edible lube. What? Mmm, <laughs> banana flavor. <laughs> banana for my banana. Well, I would recommend the show, and I think you would, too. I would, too. So, if you want to find us and talk to us on Twitter, our Twitter handle is at RemasteredCast. That is at RemasteredCast. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Childhood Remastered. Please rate us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. The rating really helps us out. Yeah, and we'd also like to thank John Howarth for the use of our intro music, Nascent. You can find links to his SoundCloud on our website, childhoodremastered.com. Until next time, we hope you've enjoyed uh, your time with us today. And until next time, this is Sean. And Chris. And this has been your Childhood Remastered. We will see you next time. You know, a man needs the companionship of lower life forms.